Hello, everybody, and we are back for another episode of Level Up Cleveland. And this week, we got the Rick Ray Band. That's right, we got Rick Ray here with us. Rick Ray is the lead singer, lead guitar player, writes... General Wizard. Yeah, I mean, it's the Rick Ray Band for a reason. Uh, Well, when I had the band Neurotic together, the personnel started changing, and it wasn't Neurotic anymore. You know, it, it just. So you said, got to change the name. Right. It's, and everybody used to say, let's go see Ricky Ray. You know, they wouldn't say neurotic. So that's that's how the name changed. Well, that's fine. And it's your, and it's so, do you, you, you just make the change because you basically, you're going to, you're in charge of what happens in this band as far as what the music is that's coming out of this band? Is this basically all coming out of that head? Uh, well, yeah. Or is, or is it, it? Do you guys every, call it? everybody? Everybody <laughs> takes part to some extent, so everybody yeah. has their part in it. Yeah, but the ideas are coming from you, yeah. basically. Okay. Well, we also have Rick Schultz with us. We'll be calling Rick Char- Sarge. That's what we're going to be calling him all throughout this interview. He's Sarge. Rick, you play like a saxophone, but like a like a wind synth. Yeah, we got the uh, key four thousand wind synth. <clears throat> I also play bass clarinet and regular clarinet unbelievable what you add to this i've never quite heard anything or it's not so much the hearing part of it it's the visual i think while you're doing it also that makes it so unique to, to the whole thing well thank you then we have dave snodgrass we have shaggy hey, with us how are you we all probably have at least heard of shaggy if you were uh, watching the bessemer saints episode in season one he's the bass player also of bessemer saints um, he wasn't here for that one, but we were able to get him in here for this one, and we're very happy to have him. I wasn't here for that one because I was working with these guys. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, well, thanks you guys for coming down. Oh, Our yeah. pleasure. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Just recently, you guys put out another CD, right? Another album. I don't yeah. even know what you call them now. Double. Albums, CDs, LPs. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's always been an album. An album is a collection of songs. Right. So, 36th, 36th one. one, right? Yeah, and that's not including stuff that was released back in the 70s and 80s. This this is just like from 99 to to now, 36 albums. So, when you're putting out 36 albums and, you know, I guess for me it's just the sheer number of albums that you've put out. How how do you feel that you differentiate from so many others that you have that much that just seems to come to you that you're able to express. I'm always writing. Uh, when I'm sitting there watching a movie with my wife, I'm playing guitar. It sometimes bugs the living crap out of her. But <laughs> is it acoustic, or are you at least playing electric guitar? It's with a 1958 Gibson ES125. It's a hollow body electric. Oh, so it's kind of it's kind of like she can hear it. Yeah, good. yeah. <laughs> And that's what you do mostly. You're not. You're mostly just as you're sitting there. Is it just constantly things that are kind of like coming through to you and oh, just yeah. coming out? And yeah, just... that, I, I'm either playing guitar or drawing one of the two. Oh, so always expressing yourself one way or the other. Yeah. And, and so let me ask you this: one thing that a lot of artists have a hard time doing is is your is your noodling around, remembering what it is that you're doing. So, you know, how do you? Hold on. Are you always recording? Or, no, uh, it's in my head. So you're able to re- retain the yeah, stuff that you... I would like at the Winchester during one of the solos. I, w- I was 
writing a song <laughs> during that. Yeah, he was writing something he wasn't but, supposed but to be writing. But I couldn't help it. I mean, it came into my head, and I was like, but I hope I can remember that because I'm, I'm busy <laughs> playing with these guys. We just kept grooving like, he's going to do what he's going to do. <laughs> so He's got a secret compartment on the left side of his brain. Yeah, yeah something like that. You know, I, I got to be honest with you guys. I had, I had this thing I was going to mention. You guys just completely verified. When I was watching the show... If anyone wants to watch these guys, they just put out uh, the Winchester. The whole the whole thing is up on YouTube right now, and it's actually really really good to watch because it's just one camera. It's the whole band. Mm-hmm. Sound is really good on it, and it's really good. But one thing about you watching you guys live is you're all business, man. When you're up there, you're a, you're all business. You're you're playing the tunes. You're you don't you don't want you don't have any long winded introductions to things. You're all business. No, that's my department. Exactly. <laughs> Shag's over here. He lightens it up a little yeah. bit. He's the one that communicates the clock. And I'm and I to myself, I'm thinking, well, this guy's no he he. Cause he's thinking about what he's writing for the next album. That, he's, he's, yeah, he's up no there. Kidding, no yeah, kidding. he's up there. You know, he knows the next song he's about to play, but he's like, I gotta remember that man, that riff. Yeah, you know? and I did remember it. I, I did. Yeah, he's been known to send me demos like within a week for the next album, within a week after releasing the current one. Right, you and know, it's a, it's a constant process with him. Yeah, we're we're four songs into the next one now. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. And he never he stops. Only, he not only thinks, like, what's this riff going to be, but how can I torture Shane? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> like, when he, play, when he plays me a new tune, it's like, and it goes into one of those things. I'm like, that's the one. That's the one you were sitting there and made Lori laugh because you knew what you were going to do to me with that. So I know what you mean by one of those things. That's so funny that you, when you, you can explain it like that, and I'm like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because... You know, as I was was I was doing my research here with you guys, one thing that I, 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 I usually feel like I'm okay at doing is sizing these bands up and saying, this is what you remind me of. Or, this is what I hear. That, I knew that there was no way to describe you guys accurately. You can't, I don't believe, because here's what will happen. In describing you guys, you're going to think of Frank Zappa. So, like, when you, to, to describe you verbally and say, well, there's progression and then there's, uh, there's some jazz elements to it. There's rock elements to it. If you well, start talking like that, you're going to start thinking like, like a Frank Zappa, and it's nothing. It's yeah. not like Frank Zappa at well, all. You know, when people ask, I I tell them, you know, I say what what type of music you play. I say psychedelic, progressive, hard rock, fusion. Excellent. So that, there it yeah, is. I guess it covers it all. And and there's some definite jazz elements. I mean, if you're oh, gonna, yeah. if you're gonna, I mean, there's like all of a sudden you'll be playing a straight blues, uh, rock. Hard rock blues with some, and then all of a sudden you'll be playing these jazz chords, and then you'll stop and you'll do one of those things. Yeah, <laughs> one of those things. But here's here's the thing that I always that I that I always go to when you're talking about genre and whatever. What is prog rock today? Okay, when you think about what prog rock is, okay, people have a certain picture of what prog rock is today, like Haken, like Dream Theater, like things like that, whatever. Okay, but what was prog rock in 1974? All right. We are like prog rock in 1974, where it could go any place it needed to go, any place they wanted to take it. You know, Caravan, like, you know, EOP, yes, you know, stuff like that. They went as far as they could, as hard as they could. In what direction, when it, for musical type, what musical genre, whatever, they didn't care. You know, yeah. they wanted to go there, they went there. That's what we're like. Yeah, a lot more, a lot more so like that than any 
everything else. But even then, I think you guys have a, a uniqueness, though. And, and I think that's what all the great prog rock bands were, is they all had their similarities, but each great one had a, a uniqueness about them that separated them from everybody else. You know, Genesis didn't sound like anybody else, but they were a prog rock band, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, our personalities are injected into it. Absolutely. Now, with you guys, one of the things that make you rare is Sarge. I mean, I mean, let's just be honest. I that mean, sets us apart. Yeah, I mean, and, and like I say, when you watch it live especially and you're watching where the, those noises are coming from, the sounds, because that's what they are. They're not, they're, you, you add so much ambiance and so much uh, aura like to it and you give it that, you fill it all out, which is a keyboard spot in so many bands, right? Like that's what the keyboard does. And, and, and in listening to this, I think a lot of people might even assume that that is a keyboard because that's what 99% of the bands would have making those. So when you watch it live and you see that you're over there and you're actually playing these instruments and creating these sounds, you're not just pressing a key. It's just, it's just so cool. And I think you are able to achieve sounds that necessarily you can't get from a recorded bank of a keyboard. You're able to do things that are more Well, I have to use my, organic. Whole, <clears throat> my whole body. Yeah. Um, you know, the breath, the just my size, all that kind of stuff figures into the way it resounds through the the horn so so now when you write a song do you have his parts kind of also kind of mapped out in your head how do you want that to go a lot of times say like the last album he came up with some pretty unique stuff that i wouldn't have thought of but uh yeah sometimes i i come like uh what momentary realm off of the killing time album i i was it actually sounded like a movie soundtrack to me the part that i wrote for him along with the rest of the band and I thought, well, there's no way we'll ever do this live ever, no matter what. You know, he was he was doing all sorts of stuff on it, it with the bass clarinet and the sax and everything. And Shaggy over here <laughs> said, "Oh, we got we got to do it, got to do it." So we tried it, and it turned out great. Yeah, I make him do all sorts of stuff from the past that he doesn't want to do because he's too busy writing the next thing. <laughs> but but yeah, that, I mean the the part that I gave him for it really completely changed the song completely so does that i mean does that happen a lot though i mean are you feel i guess what i'm trying to get is a, is a feel for how you guys write because there's no question what you guys are are all virtuoso type musicians even you know the drummer as well i mean i'm watching you guys and this guy is nails he's right on the freaking money he's in the pocket you guys are doing crazy time signature changes throughout <laughs> songs that dude never misses a beat you guys as a matter of fact one thing i noticed about you guys that really like when, when you really notice these kinds of things is you guys are very comfortable on stage period Chad, you have like a certain stage presence i know you've heard this a million times but you have a stage presence it, it, in some ways and sometimes you remind me of Claypool up there, just some of your, just your motions. Yes. And yeah. A little yeah. bit, just a little bit. Sometimes you do a little bit. Um, but um, I noticed you guys are very comfortable up there where. He's not. I, I try I try to go <laughs> mess with him. <laughs> well, I mean, but you guys trust each other is yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, you know what I mean? I, I, it's so, so like, you know, if yeah, we don't have to worry about any. Yeah, it's comfortable anybody. around each other more than anything else. And yes. that's what carries across. Each guy can literally concentrate on his own thing and know that everybody else is going to do what they're supposed oh, yeah. to Plus, do. Plus, everybody in the band's listening. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that it's not like they every everybody's in their own world and let's let's hope it works out. Yeah. You know, it, 
Oh all, yeah, we're all listening and and I'm enjoying what these guys are playing, and that makes me play better. Oh, that's cool. That's excellent. There's a lot of eye contact <clears throat> and a lot of also just watching. You know where people's hands are. Certain yeah. notes will that are played. Everybody go. Oh, here it comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys know. Yeah, or he twerk. He he twitches an eyebrow, and I'm like, okay, the change is coming right here. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? Because you know, I find that fascinating because because of like the time, the time changes that you guys are doing, and the sudden breaks and this you know going off into another direction. I mean, like with with literally no bridge of any kind. It's just now you're going that way. I mean, is that all just locked in memory from each one of you guys, or are there sometimes like you know that if you you, you know that this guy, you kind of want to signal him for this part that's about to come up so that this flows better or you guys are just all locked in to every one of those parts you know both yeah both yeah yeah there are certain things that get signaled and then there are certain things that we have done like anytime we go out on a stage we have done that stuff you know 30 times 40 times 50 times it's like that so we know you know after this comes this it's like it's like muscle memory burned in the brain and and another thing the songs are never played the same twice ever (laughs) excellent yeah really yeah i mean i mean the basic structure is there but but there's 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 improvisations that go on constantly and if he wants to go a little longer i can feel it and know to move keep moving it a little longer and then he can kind of turn back and give me an eye and next to this next spot no kidding that's really that's makes it what you guys do so much more fun for you guys. I oh, would yeah. think, yeah, that because you're able because then it doesn't get mundane at yeah, all. Like it just seems like it wouldn't get mundane. Oh no, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't imagine that ever happening. That music you're playing has got to be always exciting to be. It's like you know, like it reminds me when uh, watching you guys little things that I was thinking of. I remember watching the one documentary with Neil Pert, and he was talking about when he does. Tom Sawyer, and he's like, if when I get through that song, if I know I did it and I didn't screw up, that, that's a major accomplishment. <laughs> and and and, and I, I'm watching you guys, and I'm like, how many of those moments do these guys have in just a song where they, especially like, like you were saying, when you two are syncing up on some of those riffs that you're doing and some of those licks that you guys are synced up, and, blah, 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 yeah. and every note, you know, I'm, I'm trying to catch you guys, and I'm like, no, man, they're right, they're like right there together, and uh I think to myself, each time one of those happens, is there a little sigh of relief? Like, yeah. is it, <laughs> you know, what I for mean? me, there's several. Like that, uh, <laughs> that 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 one song, "Society of Strangers." There's that that part da, 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 that Rick and I do together. Da, 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 da. I like I actually go over to him and stand right in his face, and we play it together. Yeah, right. I'm, Which I'm, I've always breathed a sigh of relief when I get it done because, like, the way he wrote it, it's for a pick player. That you know, and so it's all oh. picked downward, and I'm a, and I play with my player. fingers, so I'm going. I have to Made go it a lot up. more complex. Yeah. Playing with the fingers. <laughs> but you didn't care. You're like, you guys got the fingers. <laughs> yep. 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 That's what he is. He's like, oh, this is gonna this is gonna make him hurt. <laughs> oh. He's made me like a fifty percent better player in the past five years, though. No Just kidding. Because no. I've been working my ass off to stay with him. So so he makes you think outside of your own box that you were in Absolutely. beforehand. Now Absolutely. you're now you're moving it. So how does that work? So where do, where do you think first of all, before we even get there? <laughs> We're talking about the 36 albums and everything, and as I'm reading about you, one thing that, I, that stuck out, and I was just saying this before, it seems like you wrote like 22 albums in like a three, maybe a little over a three-year course. Here's what happened there. Uh, in 96, 
I had the band Riot Act together. That was like, uh, it went on for six years up to that point. And I said, I, I had enough. I, I got little kids at home. I, I'm retiring. I'm not going to play live anymore. That's it. So I called Rick up and I said, let's start recording. So for three years, we sat in my garage and just constantly recorded some old stuff, mostly new. And uh, that's how that collection came about. Somebody, somebody, one of my friends heard it and said, you got to release this. <laughs> what are you, what are you just going to record and just leave it sit somewhere? And is know, that, so you're just, you were just collecting stuff at that yeah, point. Yeah. So that three year period is how all them original albums, the first ones got released. Right. I, I see now. So I was releasing one, like almost one a month, maybe every month and a half I'd, release one okay that sounds like that now now that sounds like that'd be a good explanation but here's my problem because i did a lot of math <laughs> when i when i when i so i believe that the years that they said those was between 99 and 2002 yeah and you're saying oh but in 96 we started that's this. when we started so okay so 96 to 2002 is six years 22 albums in six years then yeah okay yeah so that's still like remarkable right i mean would can do, can I agree with you guys oh, yeah. that that's remarkable? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's horrible. He's looking at yeah. me like he's looking at me like, no, it's pretty normal, you <laughs> yeah. know. But I'm like, Everybody I don't think that's that. very normal. Yeah. So, he so had a my, lot to say. <laughs> yeah, like how do you and 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 as I'm listening to your music, it doesn't seem like there's any like super drop offs or like a lot of filler material in your stuff. It seems like it's all well thought out, well produced. Even I mean, it's it's like you put. This isn't just like stuff you're just blowing through. Oh no. How the hell do you do that? First of all, well, like how I, do you get that much material to write? And then how do you actually find the time to, is this, is, is this like all you do? Well, it, it, we got a song called 48 Hour Day. That's, <laughs> that's, You've created well, that? Well, that's what yep. one of the reviewers said. They said Rick's found the 48 Hour Day because, it, it, yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, I'm always playing guitar. Do you sleep much? Do you find that you're not much for sleep? Is no. it? One, are you one of them and guys? And sometimes I I have to get up because I got an idea in my head and I got to go play it <laughs> so I don't forget it. In the middle of the night. In do the you, middle of the night. How often does that happen in a week? Do you think still? Like, oh, I, maybe a couple times a month. That's crazy. That's crazy that somebody has that. Man, I love that. I think that's amazing to me. See, I think to me that's just amazing well, that you have. It's not, amazing to me. It is. <laughs> it, well, and not it's it's not. You know, I I'm the kind of person that's always humming stuff in my head. Things come to my head constantly. It's stuff. It's not that part. You know, I'm thinking there's a lot of people out there who are creative in that aspect. It's constantly taking the time to stop and do that exact thing right there. Record it or or have to get it fleshed out in some way or so, like always. You have to. You can't. It seems like there's no drop off. Like you couldn't. You couldn't. Like you'd, you'd, you'd have, there'd be a year where you didn't have six albums out, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the I I don't really ever write anything down, but if I play it on the guitar, I'll remember it. So it's just it's the playing it, yeah. and then that seems to like that that stores it up here. Always. Yeah. No kidding. So so you will forget ideas if you don't if you're not like. A, do you keep a little recorder with you? you no. ever hum stuff into a recorder ever? No. Never do that. No. 
What about you guys? Do you guys ever come up with ideas and bring them to Rick and say, hey, check this out? Do you guys ever think that, or, or do you guys just say, no, we just let him? Like, well, well, you guys might get in the way of this guy, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that's exactly. usually my concern is getting in the way. Well, okay. The, the, everybody helps out, like, with the arrangements. Like, right. the, one of the ones we're working on for the next album, Shaggy said, hey, this part's got to just go at the end. Let's let's keep the all the other stuff at the beginning and just do that one part at the end. And so it worked out a lot better. Yeah. It must be nice to have guys, the, the level of musicianship that you have oh, yeah. all around you too. I mean, yeah, I, I, I look forward to every Saturday when we get together, if we're playing live or, or down in the studio, I, I, I all week I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Excellent. All right, guys, we're going to take a real quick break right there. And when we come back, we'll uh, be talking a little bit more with the guys from the Rick Ray Band. A couple minutes, guys. I started. I started. I started. I, started, I, started, I yeah. appreciate that, but I started doing interviews when I started doing this podcast. So, you know, this is like twenty sixth interview I think we've done since we started yeah. this. So, that's that's all the experience. So I. So for me, it's not like I have. Hell, no, you're good. I appreciate that, but yeah. I'm, I'm trying to like. What got you interested in doing it? Turning the tables. I see what you're doing. <laughs> um, actually, actually, I uh, we have another studio across down down the hall over there. That's where we do all. That's where we got Pro Tools in there, and we got all our music, our drum sets, all that stuff. We started doing that. We, me and Pat write together. We do we write music together for. We do a thing called Percolizer. It's really yeah. silly, crazy stuff. Yeah, I do. found it. I think I found I it on YouTube that. that's or, cool. or, or SoundCloud. One yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, that we it's just hilarious. Do. And and. Uh, We've been doing that for like, I don't know, 13, 14 years. I don't even know. And um, so he start, we started recording other bands, doing that kind of thing. But then it just kind of gets to the point where you're like, let's do something else. Let's make do, do more, you know. And we were just coming out of this pandemic thing, and we were realizing how slow the scene was, was, was coming along again. It wasn't – it was going to take time. Yeah. We were like, you know, let's put this podcast together. Let's get all these local bands on this podcast and kind of build this thing up a little quicker and get That's people. Great. Yeah. And that was, and, and, and to be honest with you guys, Pat and I had no idea things were going to take off the way they have. <laughs> like no clue to have you guys on in the, within the first 25 episodes to us is, Whoa, <laughs> like we're like, like this is going very fast. I just booked Rick Spina. I just, oh, I, 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 yeah, I just, uh, we booked, I, I don't know. I mean, you know what is, that you know what that means, don't you? Yeah, it means you it means you guessed right. Exactly, you're right. You guessed right what you needed to have, what 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 needed to happen now. Yeah, and it's so all you got to do is ride it. You can yeah, ride well, it. that's hundred percent. You know, that's what we talk about all the time. You know, um, I think we got like twenty guests booked right now. So I look. I told him, I'm like, so we're at least gonna have 45 episodes as of right now because we're not stopping as long as we got them. As long as there's somebody that wants to come on, I don't see this thing ever slowing down, ever. And uh, but anyways, let's get back to this. All right. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you was when I is, is for somebody that's as interesting as you, honestly, and that's the best way to describe it. <laughs> because you're 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 unique. I mean, you're a unique person. I think even you at this point have to recognize that. There's not a lot of people around you who who are doing what you're doing. Am I am I correct? You're, that? Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. The question I have is, how does this happen, right? Like, where where does it begin? Like, I know everybody always wants to go back. I I'm going to go back. I want to I want to know 
what your childhood a little bit was like and how did what is a somebody who grows up to do this well it it was the beatles first so it's the it's the ed sullivan story yeah the yeah the ed sullivan story well, i, I, mean, I just, was only four and, and i i i would turn five in july so i i seen them and i knew exactly what i wanted to do with the rest of my life so you know, I, every time you hear an artist say that, and, you, and God, you, anytime you see interviews, you you hear that so often. And I, I, I'm just like, when you say that, is it because it worked out for you? You know what I'm saying? Is it because I, is, how many people watched that and said that's what I want to do the rest of my life? And they noodled around with the guitar player for a few, and then that nothing ever happened because of it. Well, is it, it make it? More, is that what it is? Because even if I didn't have a band, I'd still be playing guitar and writing all the time. You have to. Yeah. yeah. That's just the, exactly. This I is the thing this guy it. was born to do. You have to do I it. I have right? to do it. Yes. So you're, let's just say, when do you pick up the guitar? What, what age do you pick up the guitar? Uh, I was six years old. I tried getting one earlier, but my parents kept saying, ah, you're too young. You, you. And right away. But I playing. wasn't. I wasn't too young. And so my brother Emmett had a band. He was the bass player for it, the Substantial Beings. And the rhythm guitarist had a guitar there, and he goes, I need this, like, I need a hole in the head. He goes, I got to get rid of this. So I went up and told my mom, I said, he's got a guitar down there he don't want. So she came down and asked him, and he goes, well, give me 25 bucks. And he said, no, give me 24 bucks in that little steel guitar. I had a little steel guitar from Sears. That <laughs> <laughs> So you, you you toyed around with that before? Yeah, exactly. But... Uh, so anyways, uh, I got that, and my brother Emma taught me how to play it. He, he played guitar kind of like Terry Kath in Chicago. Oh. <laughs> so, so, so you were just learning chords in the beginning? Yeah. He was just teaching yeah. you basic and, chords and, and stuff like that? Like for, what would it be, 1966 to about 1974, that's all I did was chord work. I, I was in the search for the lost chord, and I have found some, that aren't in any books anywhere. Really? I believe this totally. So that's all I, I did was rhythm guitar work. Uh, my strumming got really good doing that. My knowledge of chord work. And I always tell students that I had chords are the most important thing. Once you get all them, the rest falls in place. Yeah, you play off of that, right, eventually. I mean. Yeah, so I, I went and saw Emerson, Lake, and Palmer at the stadium on uh, their 74 tour and Greg Lake he's standing up there playing bass guitar and out of nowhere he's got a six string in his hand I never saw any change or nothing it was like <laughs> what and he played the lead solo in Carnival 9 parts one and two of the first impression and from then on I that's when I started playing lead guitar Okay, so and, and it took you kind of in that direction also because that when you started playing the lead, this I, is I was just so blown away by what he did. I just I couldn't believe it. So well, especially I, since you since he changed guitars out without even without that's amazing. No, I I don't know. It's, it was just what happened. I know. I'm just kidding. I just like things so, happen in concerts all the time. You don't really you don't see the the changes and stuff. So that summer, I. Uh, Put on Brian Augers closer to it and just jam to it the whole summer. I, I was up in my bedroom just jamming to it. They, that was my backing track. And uh, I came out of that summer able to 
play fairly well. So, so it's so this is the story of the Beatles on on Ed Sullivan, and then at some point you lock yourself away and learn something so you can't, and then 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 you come back out. You're like, oh, right. I mean, that's the <laughs> I mean, that's that's Eddie Van Halen's story. That's like how many virtuoso guys. That's that that's Robert what? Johnson's story. Believe oh, it or not, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, know, yeah, you, yeah. you know the whole story about him go going to the crossroads and selling his soul to the devil to tune right. his guitar. It's 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 uh, a myth. Okay, what happened was he went two towns over to see a guy who taught him, you know, taught him and like two other guys in the graveyard in the middle of the night where nobody could hear him. Oh. And he was there for like a year. And then he came back and he was a good player. And then everyone's like, he must have sold his soul to the right, devil. Right, exactly. How does he? Because yeah. He, but he worked for it. He worked that whole year doing that that's not amazing too and and let that be a lesson too because I, I i know there's a lot of people who i believe don't pick up instruments because they don't feel like you know it's like well i'm already i'm already 20 years old and these guys start off when they're eight and i and it's like no actually in a year if you put your mind and heart into something like that you can improve to a point where you can be pretty darn good in right. a year, even exactly two years. it's you're never too old ever no, you're right. That is true. Never. That's true. My wife bought a drum kit at the age of 52 because she always wanted to play. And within a year, she had her own band. And in another year, I was working for her. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys like your own rhythm section at home? Is that what that would be? Uh, like yeah, somewhat. I mean, we, have a, we, we work in a band called Salt Sinclair with a couple other ladies, you know, and originally I was just going to be a fan guy, but like they lost their bass player and I'm like, well, let me step in here and like hold it down until you find somebody else. And I've been there ever since, but she determined at 52, I want to, I want to play drums. So she went and got a pawn shop drum kit and went to Stiebel drums up in uh, Willowick and, uh, and uh, applied for and signed up for lessons. No kidding. Yeah. And now she's a drummer. That's awesome. And there you go. Yeah. yeah. And so you got a girl who's, you know, obviously people don't necessarily uh, associate with playing the drums. Which is why she decided, didn't get yeah. to play back then because they always said, oh, girls don't That's play great. drums. It's a great you story. Know? Let me ask you something, Sarge. So so in, in the band, you know, uh, let's just take you out of the band for a second. And these guys are just <laughs> a really good progressive power trio, right? I mean, that's what they, that's what, they, I mean, a really good one though, right? But, but that's what they are, a power trio at that point, right? And you add something to this thing that that's, that that changes all that. You know, it's not it's not a keyboard. It's not something that it's very unique. But normally, people who are playing the instruments that you're playing don't take this path either, though. So it's not just about them finding you, but it's about you choosing this path and doing something like this. That I don't think that this is. You know, I I've seen I've I've, I've seen the brass and I've seen the 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 wind instruments in the bands before. You've seen that and stuff. You know. Um, the sky and stuff like that that's out today that has all that kind of right. thing going on in it. Mm -hmm. But this is not that. This is something completely different. This is this is more psychedelic, I guess, is a, it, it, to make people understand what it's kind of like. It's like that whole thing. What makes you go that way? And how did you start off? And how does how did you begin your whole journey? Well, my dad would listen to a lot of big band stuff. And um, <clears throat> so I kind of grew up in that environment. And uh, my mom tried teaching me piano, but I couldn't get it. So she offered, you know, a different instrument, which I started on clarinet. And uh, <clears throat> I got a Pete Fountain record when I was like about 12 and just fell in love with that guy. I mean, he was doing 
He's known for his Dixieland stuff, but he did an album with a lot of current pop stuff that he would just, you know, do the voice part and then solo and things like that. Right. And then in in uh, high school, I was in, you know, band and stuff like that. And then uh, after I got in the Marine Corps, I ran into Rick. Me uh, and my brother, who was my bass player at the time, were sitting on the front porch and we had all our equipment set up. You're we jamming outside? Yeah. Like, that's cool. And the PA and everything. <laughs> and the, the cops came by and they, they were going to shut us down. It was... It was uh, Tram sack. Yeah. He he came by and he just shook his head and drove off. <laughs> but but he came walking down the street and we were playing uh, Seven Screaming Disbusters by Blue Oyster Cult. And he goes, you know that? <laughs> and then, so we got to talk and I found out he was a reed instrument guy. So I said, well, let's hear what you could do. And he played for me and that was it. He was 1979. He was in the band. So that's so. At this time, you had no real like. This is it. Just you just were on there like ah playing, and, and then all of a sudden they're like, and then that is that when your interest in this whole thing kind of started right at that point. Right, and then uh, you know they turned me on to like King Crimson, and that was a big hook right there. It's oh like, really? Oh, I want to be able to do that. Immediately you fell in love with that. Right. Which I just like I was saying, you guys, you guys uh, do uh, Court of the Crimson King the whole. What twenty first century schizoid man? Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, from the album, from that right. album, right, right, yeah. right. But you do the whole thing. I mean, like it, it's it's uh, it's pretty unbelievable what you guys are doing. I mean, that's not something that you typically see bands pull out. You know, like especially a band that has already has thirty six albums worth of material, or however many, however much you're still playing today. I'm well, sure we try and take a few songs that people know, but. But don't hear too much. Right. You know, so that was one of them. Strange Universe by Frank Marino and Mahogany Rush. That's another one. Uh, I'm the Walrus by the Beatles. That's not something a cover band usually plays. You know, when they do the Beatles, it's usually their hits. Yeah, and you you guys do that very well. Like, it actually has all the the little nuances that go on in that song. Yeah, I play the cello part. Yeah, he orchestrates it pretty well. Really Really amazing. And then it's got the jam at the end. And, and I, I, we were at the Deep Purple concert one time, and my wife was saying, you shouldn't do that jam at the end of it. You should just leave it the way the Beatles did it. And I said, first of all, they have all that crazy stuff going on. And uh, second of all, it, that makes it our, you know, our, yeah, version. our version. And right when I said that, these people that were going to the bathroom came up and said, oh, we saw you at the Beachland. The jam at the end of the walrus was great. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife is just She's like, off. I give up. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't the only time that's happened. I mean, that she was she was saying stuff about, you know, you've been doing trower forever. You ought to cut it out. <laughs> right then a guy came up. We were at a bar. I was watching Shaggy play in another band. That's how he got in this band. This was like audition that night. Well, I went. I just I, I already knew he was good because I seen him before. But uh, this guy came up and said, "You're the only guys that do trower anymore." So my wife. <laughs> you know, just, 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, it seems like it seems like you just gotta take her advice and then do the opposite, and then th- you'll be doing the right. Yeah, we were in a restaurant. Don't say that so loud. I will be in trouble. I'll right. cut it out. <laughs> All right, we'll edit that part. <laughs> We were in a restaurant, and she said, I got to cut your hair. Yeah, I got to trim you all up. And right when she said that, the server came up, and the kid goes, hey, nice hair, man. <laughs> yeah, so, I can't find a picture of you with anything but long hair. No, no, I've, yeah, I've had it, you know, since I was 13. No kidding. Yeah, my mom finally told my dad, hey, leave him alone, because he was always cutting my hair. Have you have you ever had any kind of like nine to five type job? Or oh is, yeah, my whole life. Oh, you did. Oh yeah. How the hell do you have a job and find time? <laughs> I don't understand. Well, I, I'm writing at work too. What? You know, I'm I'm always never stops. No. Do you have a guitar at work? No. No, but when I get home, I gotta play what what I thought of at work. So every day does this happen? It. Almost every day. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's unreal. It is so. So let me ask you this. So how, when you guys are writing songs, is this something that you're constantly sending these guys? Like, is this, is it, do you guys, obviously you have a studio at your house, right? Yeah. Am, I, am I, am I right? Well, I, I was making demos for these guys and I, like, I don't know, halfway through the last album, I kind of quit doing that. I just bring the ideas down and everybody would just start jamming. So it's, be- it's becoming more of a, a, a your, your, you're allowing now, exactly. like others. To be, it's, and could, well, again, this comes down to trust. Am I wrong? I mean, like, like maybe there's a point where all your writing came to a point where you, you now you're in a, a situation with these guys where you're like, you know what? Well, they'd even take the demos and and throw their own. Oh, so even then, yeah, it was yeah. it was like that. Yeah, I, I always learn his demos note for note first, and then I start working on it and working to turn it this way, turn it that way a right. little bit. Yeah, because he's a hell of a bass player too. Um, the Killing Time record, which, which, which I joined right after, I had to learn all his bass lines for it. He's more of a Chris Squire type player than I am, uh, or I'm more of a Groover, you know. But like some of the stuff that he did there is incredible. So- uh, well, <laughs> one review said, "Hey, this guy's a better bass player than he is a guitarist." <laughs> <laughs> How did that make you feel? <laughs> Well, that's not a, you know that's not necessarily an insult. No, or it's not. I mean, it's, it's no, it's it was, it's nice. What about you, Shaq? How 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 does your how does your whole career start off? How does your bass player? Who's your first? Was it was it Ed Sullivan or was it the Beatles? How did you begin? Um, Rush, all the world's a stage. Um, bought the first Boston record, Fran Sheehan, you know, incredible boogie player, um, and like. What I started playing with was like cassette tapes of ACDC and the Scorpions and Dio. So just the, the best of all the hard rocks that was right. out at that, that time. That was like the basic, basic, basic stuff. I got a bass when I was 15. I started working on that and working on that. That and my father used to play Bach records all the time. Oh, so you got like classical he, in the background Yeah, I'd, too. I'd be listening to that and I'd be picking up little things and trying little things and making things work and sometimes not making them work at all, but learning something <laughs> in the process. And like within six months after I picked, after I got a bass and started playing it, I was in two bands because no everybody needed it's a, a bass, bass player. player. Yeah. Everybody needs a bass. So, it's true. Know, and I got an education from every band and every pe- every person I ever played for. They taught me something. Right. You so, took you take away something from all of them. Right. 
Who's your early influences though? Like when you're starting off base, was it was it Getty or or was it just like I mean, that would you say Getty was your first? Yeah, Getty was the first big influence. Um, I've gotten away from that over time now, but like you know, Getty was definitely influenced. Cliff Williams from ACDC, who was right. just you know rock solid stuff. Him yeah. and Malcolm. Yeah. You know, the rhythm was just... the few times I ever played guitar. My guitar hero was Malcolm Young. Okay, you know, because just those rock solid, good, tough parts. You know, um, Francis Buckholtz from Scorpions, Pete Way from UFO. You know, guys like that. You know, solid in there. You know, and uh, more recently, like I think there was some earlier, but more recently, it's been uh, a guy named Robert the Mole Taylor. He played for Canned Heat. Really? Yeah. Canned Heat was like a bunch of regular guys who loved the blues so much and got together and started playing. And they all they ever did was boogie. And they boogied so damn well, they headlined a night of Woodstock. <laughs> so is that, that boogie style, is that is that your favorite? Would you just say that's yeah. just your oh, favorite? Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. I, I love it. I, that's dun, 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 yeah. Dun, yeah. I, yeah. I got that. I got that going in Bessemer Saints now. Yeah, I know. I hear it. Yeah. Yeah. You'll even announce it as another boogie. It's time to boogie. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's so much fun, and nobody does it anymore. Yeah, and why is that? Because I don't know. It's because so much fun. Well, and, and it's 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 a sh- true rock rhythm. I mean, right. it's the rock and rhythm that kind of dun, 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 right. You know, like that whole. Yeah, I don't know why. You know, I mean, UFO did it. UFO played boogie. You know, all sorts of bands have played boogie in the back in the day. You know, no bands do it now. I but you why. guys even have pulled some of that kind of stuff out in 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 in. Like there's like some true bluesy ass stuff going on in this music that's that you know you don't always associate blues and jazz as as something that you hear together often, but with you guys, it's what you do almost. It's like what you do that when you were talking earlier about that thing, you know, that he'll pull out that you guys do. Like it's just so. I just love that. Like you guys will be jamming, rocking, rocking, and then instead of just want to change or something you'll go like like 30 second notes and like yeah. like 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 so many notes in this one it thing. hurts it hurts so and much. you guys will come right back in and man dude it's just so cool especially if you're somebody who truly loves music you know like you know some people that just like pop music and they listen to the radio and stuff like that it's not necessarily going to be for everybody but somebody who loves music especially like a more proggy type of a night you guys are that's what you guys are four. I definitely recommend they listen to you guys. It's, it's the genuine article of Prague from the day. Yeah, totally. But even like I said, it's just around here, there's nobody doing it like you guys that I know that's doing it like you guys locally, that it's like the real deal doing it. And when you're watching it live, like you're There's so many wow moments, you know, there's wow moments. I don't, I, everybody's so safer now and i i don't know i don't see a lot of people taking a lot of risks anymore and stuff like they did back in those days well the main goal is to put the jaws on the floor you know that i'm serious i if when that happens and sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't but when it does then are you looking for it out there when you're when you're playing yeah yeah all you guys do you do that sometimes when you just know the wow parts and you're like kind of like look out there to see the reaction of it and stuff like that because there's a lot of wow parts. I'm looking to see people smile and I'm looking to see people move. Yeah, you're the good time guy. You're the, yeah. you're the guy that's up there and you're yeah. and you're all like and it's it's kind of hard to do in this band because there's so much you guys got to pay attention yeah, to and, and, and there's you can't can't stray too far from what you're doing. Yeah, right? it's serious. I mean, it is serious art. The way I take playing in this band is this band is serious art. 
The man has a vision from 40 years, 30, you know, 36 records. He, it's constructed a vision that's, that's, that's uniquely his. Yes. And I'm doing every goddamn thing I can to make sure that people hear about it, people get to enjoy it, people get to understand and respect it for what it is while we've got it. Yeah, because you know? this is an amazing local thing that I, I, I think if you don't know about, you guys do pretty well with it. It's not as if, like, nobody knows. You guys do really well with it. But I think it could be a much better considering what you're doing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's amazing what you Part of the problem is he's always been here. And when you've always been there, people start to, you know, kind of overlook you in terms of like, okay, what's the new thing? What's the nice thing? What's the pretty shiny thing? Yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah. He's always been here. But that's important. That you, you got to well, notice him now. <laughs> I, but we always have a nice, new, pretty, shiny thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, here's another record. Oh, we've made three since that one. <laughs> what, what do you, where do you, and, okay, so. We've already discussed all the music part and all that stuff, but where do the lyrics all come from? Because, you you know, lucky you, you've chosen a, a genre of music that has really nice long jam parts and stuff like that. They don't all need lyrics everywhere, but you still have to write a lot of lyrics for what you all the stuff you do. Well, I, I'm, do you all, I'm always doing that too, but Shaggy's been doing a lot too now. So you're helping so, with the lyrics also? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because that's, that's a whole other art form and a whole nother everything that takes a lot of time just to generate those types of yeah, things. I mean, there's, there's a song on the new album, uh, 1974 is the title. And it's about, uh, a time where I, they're just stories. You know, that me, I went over my buddy's house that lived in Madison. And at the time I lived in Euclid. So I was going to stay there a few days. And, uh, there was a plane crash across the street that happened the night before. So we went over and looked at it. And there was like body parts everywhere and plane parts everywhere. And they, they said they cleaned it up. <laughs> they, it this was after they actually went and said they cleaned it yeah, up. Yeah. So they didn't, you know, I found an old map with the blood and guts all over it. And the plane just caught the end of the forest, like cut a sliding board down the, the, through the trees into the field. If they would have missed that and hit the field, I think they would have all made it, but they didn't. Just barely. But anyways, the song is actually about the first time I heard Child of the Novelty by Frank Marino. First time I ever heard Frank, period. Mahogany Rush? Yeah. And uh, so we were sitting on his porch after that plane crash, you know, after looking around over there, just going, wow. And it came on the radio back when FM radio was good. Which it's not no. anymore. <laughs> Whole nother subject there. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. But uh well there's a few college shows that are great. I'll, yeah, I'll well, yeah, that. yeah, but yeah. that's yeah. the bottom of the dial. Right. And we we listen to that all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well that's, so, that's what you listen to. So anyways, that's what that song's about. And uh it's yeah, he gave me so, that as a lyric prompt, and I had right. To write. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I had written the lyrics, and I go, I I can't sing it and play it at the same time. And he goes, Give me that. So he rewrote <laughs> the whole thing, and uh, he was he sang it. When we come back, I'm gonna take a little quick break here. But when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about that too, because you guys share singing duties. It's not it's not all you, right? Um, you you even given up some of those those some of those duties. Oh, yeah. So we'll talk about that when we come back in a couple more minutes here with the guys from the Rick Ray Band. Yeah, it's all right, man. How often does that happen? We get we, he'll give me a, he'll do this. That just means five minutes, and 
about five more minutes before these cameras are going to shut off. Okay. And uh, then you come up with the, the plane crash story. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. We got to ride this one yeah. as long as we can take it for, yeah, man. No, try and, that's a yeah, great. No, no try and figure pretty out. Pretty wild, okay, huh, no, dude? That had to be. Oh, it was weird, man. I mean, there was intestines, and there was a shoe with toes in it. It was fucking weird. Uh, Pete Pardo does on his uh, Sea of Tranquility. He has a thing called, like, what is it called? The Monster's Ball or the Monster Mash or something like that, where he and some of his, the people that he usually talks to about, like, prog rock and metal, oh, and they talk about horror movies. Damn, someone, oh, so it's not exactly the same thing. No, but I mean, it's like, it's like yeah, but it's the, side, similar. It's the side interest that came up they in the mainstream yeah. that they decided to you know, break a little thing off for. Yeah, this is, this is what this is what I would like to do with, with uh, one day. You guys, any of you guys interested in coming on to that episode? Oh, you guys yeah. into- I, I saw a UFO. Did you? Yeah. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> Three, <course>. two, one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really, though? Yes. Okay, so... It was 1996. I went out to this car that my buddy gave me because my car died. It was a, a Japanese charger. You know, it was a, just a little thing. That, so it wouldn't start. So it's four in the morning. I'm standing by the car having a cigarette and drinking a coffee, thinking, should I just go back to bed or should I try and start the car? And it flew, the UFO flew over. And it, it was the biggest thing I've ever seen in the sky. It was a night with no moon, but you, there was a million stars in the sky, and the thing blocked out the stars as it flew over. It actually was shaped like an SG, like my guitar, only the, the horns were on both sides, the front and the back. And it, it was huge. I couldn't believe it. And it flew out over Indian Point Park because I lived right by there. And, and disappeared. There was no sound at all, no lights, and my car started after that. So I'm thinking it didn't start, maybe because because of, the, of uh, that flying over, like like Close Encounters. That, that's that's what that's what that yeah, that's, so that's what that happens weird. in that movie. No kidding. Yeah, <laughs> that's the greatest story. I yeah. love these stories more than anything you can imagine. <laughs> I do. I yeah. love them because because. I don't know if you guys have watched all our episodes, but our very first episode was with Cursed and yeah. Mike Webster. I love that episode. Yeah. He told me he That's, had, that was incredible, and he's still. I think he's still a little like I maybe said too much. Well, nah, then, he's cool. when I did Bill Peters' show on WJCU when we were opening for Robin Trower one time, he asked. He goes, "Well, you live in Perry. Do you ever see any UFOs?" Oh. So I was like, "You know, that's kind of weird." I, so he he must know something about. UFOs well, yeah, there'd be that, sightings. Yeah, yeah, from that area, yeah. they're attracted to the power nu- plant. Nu- they they do say that there's a lot of sightings near the nuclear yeah. plants. Yeah, and Perry's got one for sure. Yeah. No kidding. All right, <laughs> I, I just said that was great. Um, so you guys, let's get back to the band. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm 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 hesitant. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so you guys both sing in this band too. So I like like, like I wanted to touch on that too. So. At some point, I mean, you do have a great voice, so I could see why, you know, why not? <clears throat> Especially since you're playing all the guitar parts also to give you a break. I mean, let's just be honest. Lead singers that have to sing every single song without even playing the guitar welcomes another vocal every oh, once sure. in a while yeah. to just well, come in and sing, right? I love Shaggy's voice. Yeah, it's Phenomenal, great. phenomenal. Yeah, you both have great singing voices. Well, thanks. You do. Yeah, you sometimes it. I try to sound like him. 
<laughs> because, well, one of the things with the Dark Matter Halo album, oh no, with the Cruel Charlie albums, we started, I did a song called All Debts Are Paid, which I wrote and I, and I sang, and he wanted to start the record off with it, and I was a little nervous about that because like people who like Rick Ray and like the Rick Ray band are used to hearing Rick Ray's voice to right. start a thing, and I didn't want to like take oh, signal something that like oh everything's changed now because he got that because he got that <laughs> weird guy in I the got band that new singer yeah they got that weird guy in the band and it's all got to be weird you know, you you know, know. that that got a lot of airplay that song it, you know it's it's a, it was a great opener for that album yeah yeah, yeah. so so. When you guys are doing that, though, how do you guys divide that up? Is it something that you write, and then, or do you guys both it's, try to sing different parts and just see who's? Oh, it's just whatever. I mean, he he usually gets inspired by one, once we're playing the song. Yeah, know, if he, I hear something, I try it, and right. it, and, it, and it seems to work. He lets me do it. I see. I see. All right, now let me ask you. So, you two guys, now you guys started. This is all started because of you too, really. I mean, you started obviously. Well, when, it, it was it, it was the band was already uh, five years old by the time Rick joined. But all different guys uh, at that time that are in there now, right? The drummer. Oh yeah, yeah, Rick, the, Rick. yeah. It, it, the band was called Neurotic. That went from seventy three to nineteen eighty five. Okay. So uh, it was me. And a, a buddy of mine that split to California and a, a good drummer who's I'm still real good friends with, Harvey Phillips, great drummer. Uh, so my brother said, well, listen, I, I'll play bass for you. And I said, you don't know how. And he goes, well, show me. And I showed him, and he picked it up real quick. And uh, Are your parents musicians? I mean, is this my dad's, I, he... He's a great pianist, was. My, both my parents are gone now. But uh, my dad was a great pianist. I mean, phenomenal. But he, he would only play whenever we went to my grandmother's house. Oh. So he, I knew that he played Hawaiian guitar as a kid, and uh, I never heard him play it. Well, before he died, he set it up in the corner and gave me a little concert, and he blew me away how... He was great. It, you know, okay. it's like a pedal steel type I actually of had one. Yeah. I, did. I actually had one of those. Yeah. I found it at a house that I bought in Berea, and they left one. Wow. It, was, it wasn't the best, but it, I played with it. It plugged in. It, had a, it literally had a plug attached to it. Right? Yeah. And you just plugged it right in, and you could play it. Like you said, it's like a pedal steel. It yeah. was, it, but it, it was small, you know. Oh, it was, yeah. He's picking away and... Oh, it was, it was phenomenal. I couldn't play it. Oh, he was great. That's really. cool. Did that inspire you, you think, also, when you see your father doing this? Is this something that made you, did this give you another, like, you were like. Yeah, and, and there was one song he played on the piano. It was a boogie piece that I, he, I'd always ask him to play it, and he'd always wait till the end. He'd make me sit through all his, <laughs> his older stuff. Hold you stuff. hostage. Yeah, but he sang, you know, with all of them. He was a good singer, too. So, so you, so you have, there's, it's, it's a, it's, it's genetic. genetic. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because it's gotta be like, well, not necessarily. <clears throat> it doesn't have to be, I guess. There's plenty of people who come out and they're musical geniuses and parents don't know anything about music, yeah. but, but it seems it, like if the brother's going to be picking up on the bass immediately too, you know, and, and, and that kind of thing. And both of them could draw great too. So another thing so, you said you do, you, you also yeah, draw. Yeah, I do all the covers on the, on the albums. So... <laughs> 
Do you have so you have a musical studio? Do you have a a, a studio also set up just for drawing? No, just the living room in front of the TV. I got my drawing book there, and so you my, just use pencil guitar, and I just switch back and forth. Pencil type drawing or uh, felt tip pen. No kidding. Yeah. So you can't even erase. No. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Well, thanks. Honestly, man, you constantly are expressing yourself. Constantly. Do you notice that your expressions are, do they ever sync up? So, like, your expressions musically, like, you're feeling, obviously, like, when you're right in the middle of a song. I don't even know you, though. How many songs are you in the middle of at one time? Can you, do you ever, do you concentrate on one song at a time? never. So you have, like, multiple songs. Yeah. And you're just constantly working on them. Do do you find that your art pairs with what you're writing? Yeah, it, 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 it does. Does it? Yeah. So is it, does that so you'll be like like writing a song and stuff and you're like oh do you just like branch off if you're just like walk away from song and be like I have to write draw well, like for the acrylic Charlie album I I drew a picture for almost each song and the, and we were all going through them and everybody's going well that one's yeah that that should be it but the th- I went on the internet for that one and and put all the songs in there for a search on Google. And like a million things came up for all of them except for Acrylic Charlie. So that was that's that's that, how that's that, how that's, that's how that song. It's the only one. Yeah. So you two guys, uh, you said so the band's fr- five years now. When its band was together for five years before you joined it. Before Sarge right. came on board. How much different is that band versus what's happening today? Like, is it, uh, to, to well, get, it's the same direction, same same direction, but it's. You know, we're, this is the best band I've ever been in. For sure? Oh, yeah. By so, far. Does that affect how you write, then? The, the, the fact that you believe in that? Like, does that does that make you maybe. open up a little more? Yeah, and, maybe. I mean, do you really torture this guy? Like, there's well, that. Yes, he does. <laughs> you know, he absolutely does. You know, some I never thought about that until he started saying that. Now, if I when I'm coming up with riffs, I thought, oh, he's going to say that. <laughs> this, this riff for sure. I'm sure he's over there cackling, and, and Lori's like, well, what are you laughing about? <laughs> yep, I know, I know what he's doing. Oh. But, I, but I mean, like, the, the, so that doesn't really enter into your mind when you're writing stuff as far as like what shag can do i mean it doesn't seem like there's a, you have a lot of limitations on oh i do <laughs> do you <laughs> yeah do you really yeah but he makes me stretch them yeah and part of the reason that i've gotten to the point that i am now is because i've been working for him for five years now and like i've stretched myself every time we've had another record we've had several songs every time he comes up with one of those things i have to work on it and work on it and work on it and work on it yeah and it makes me better oh of course you practice know? Rick, let me ask you. So I noticed when in live too, there's some times where there's just no, you know, you're not playing anything. You're just you're you're kind of like standing there, and you're kind of like, it, are you still kind of amazed by like what you're watching with these guys when when you're doing your job too? Like, is it? Do you ever just get yourself like like a little pinch and be like, this is like. That's why I do it, man. I got the best seat in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I would just think that playing in a band like this has got to be way more fun than than people would imagine because of that kind of thing that you, it's almost like I can't believe this collection is up here and we're doing this. Well, I, I feel, I feel that. Do you still? Oh, yeah. With, with, especially with this band. It's definitely special. Oh, yeah. Oh, you guys kind of like that way with this band. Is this the band that you guys definitely? I mean, I don't know. Are you you can't be involved in anything else, right? I no. Okay. I I don't want nothing else. I I I, I did do uh, some stuff with Ray Benich from Damnation of Adam Blessing. Oh, really? 
Yeah, we we went out and did some gigs. Even Shaggy was yeah. He brought me he even even brought me in because he wanted to play acoustic guitar instead of bass. Oh, but he wouldn't let he he would he would tell me when to show up at rehearsal. So it was after he was playing bass because he didn't want to show me that he could still at seventy years old kick my ass on a bass guitar. <laughs> I only found that out at the gig because, like, I went out, came out and do a couple of songs, and after he had gone, you know, showed that extra gear, I'm like, oh boy, now I got to go do this. <laughs> but, uh, but other than that, uh, just the Rick Ray band. Talk about the new album. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the new one is Acrylic Charlie? No, Under the Sky. Oh, this is the new one. Double disc album. It's uh, one studio disc, which is actually the Under the Sky album, and the other disc is a gig we did last summer at uh, East Shore Park in Cleveland. Do you ever just put out a live thing and make that your album, or is everything always studio recorded? Uh, I think it's uh, almost all studio. So when you guys go into a studio, a lot of one takes... Or, or do you guys... There's a few one takes. And you guys recorded things live, or do you guys do things it's individually? Live. It's live. So you go in there live with this yeah. stuff. Wow. Uh, yeah. Lost in the Fog on there was one take. I know that. I remember that. I think there was one other that was uh, one take. The other ones are just maybe two or three. Do you guys ever think about doing like videos with this stuff, too? Like, like- My wife... My wife just brought that up. She goes, I, we should have been filming that whole thing. Because she's upstairs listening to us, and she she loves it. So you guys are recording everything at your house? Yeah. So you got you got yeah that 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 seemed like that would be so interesting to do a documentary type thing on recording one of these right. albums. I maybe, think that would be maybe great. the next album we we will do. That. Heck yeah! I mean that that this, well, first of all, it's, that's become commonplace with some of the greater bands that are out there to do this and it does bring interest like people love to watch that kind of stuff just this just this right here what we're doing right here where people get to hear you talk instead of you know everyone sees you play right but they people want to know stuff about what they're they're, who they're watching and stuff like that they want to know the stories and uh those videos can be i think visuals are where, where it's at now yeah yeah you know what i mean so you guys got any names for a new album do you, no, do, I, do, that, do you wait till the end to yeah, do all that? Yeah, till the end. Yeah, it's usually till the end. I, I, I didn't find out about Under the Sky, and it was called Under the Sky until it was already done, and he'd already <laughs> made a cover for it. There, there's a song on there called Wherever I'll Be, and that's one of the lines in it is Under the Sky. So is that how you pull a lot of this stuff from, though? Is it that, or is, just, does it, does it, is, there, is there no specific there's thing? Because no. these are really, they're clever. You know what I mean? There's a lot of clever stuff going on here. Acrylic Charlie. That's that's <laughs> about this girl named <clears throat> Afton Burton who wanted to marry Charlie Manson, so she started showing up at the prison, became friends with him, and he, he actually did agree to marry her, and she looked exactly like one of the Manson girls. I mean, exactly. Oh. So he, uh, he agreed. He goes, yeah, I'll marry you. But then he found out that she only wanted to do it to get the rights to his body to tour the world, putting his body in acrylic and making money doing that. That's a true story. Yeah. So he said, all right, I'm never, get away from me, and I never want to see you again, and she wasn't allowed back in the prison. Wow. 
And so you were like, that, that well, was yeah, a song that, right yeah. there well, and I, an album? Well, I, I brought it up to Shaggy. I said, I was, I was thinking on calling this Acrylic Charlie. And he goes, yeah. That's a, I mean, that's what, I mean, we can get pretty weird, but that one's, that one's a new peak in the weirdness. <laughs> you gotta do, you gotta do something with that. Yeah. That's great though. But that's great. So you tell a lot of, is that, you go for that? Like, I think that's really interesting that you're almost telling history through your songs, exactly. but the bizarre history, exactly the stuff that everybody else doesn't and, and, and right. Doesn't I know mean, about. everybody else is writing love songs and all that yeah. stuff. I that's been done ten billion billion trillion times. No so, remorse is another good example. Yeah, that's uh, Richard Kuklinski. It's what opens up the Under the Sky album. He he was uh, a guy that just I mean he absolutely loved killing people, so the mob hired him to do it because he enjoyed it so much. I mean. They even asked him, uh, do you feel anything when you kill people? And he got this huge smile on his face, and he goes, no. Was that the Iceman? Yeah. Yes, I I remember that that interview. So that's what that's about. Uh, So am I... Am I wrong, or am I getting a sense that you have like you you kind of like are into the serial killer thing? Also, you read about that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it, it, like uh, the last three albums have had at least one serial killer song. And each one. Uh, yeah, I mean the acrylic Charlie's got Charlie Manson. Society uh, of Strangers. Yeah, Society of Strangers off a of Dark Matter Halo. That that was inspired by the Golden State Killer. Oh, because nobody knew who the guy was. He was living among everybody, you know, and it's. Well, that's usually how it works with these serial killers, but, you know, yeah. Bundy and all of them. Right. I mean, they, they seem like yeah, you, nice, me, and everybody yeah, else. real nice guys. Speaking of that, let me ask you something. Do As a society, should we worry if Rick Ray stops writing music? Without that, would you do you? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm like, man, did you hear Rick broke up the band? I'm like, lock your doors. <laughs> <laughs> No, nobody's got to worry about that. I'm, <laughs> a, I'm a peaceful guy. Yeah, no, I'm just messing around. No, I know. Well, I mean, when it's funny when people always say things like, I have to write, I have to write, you know. The, my, my thing is, or what, you know, like, well, what would you become, you know? Well, I don't know if I want to see it. You know, they, <laughs> Keith Emerson killed himself because his his hand was wasted. So he only had one hand. And uh, I don't know. He was reading about stuff people writing about him on the internet that he, you know he can't play no more and he's a bum and all that. And it bummed him out. And he was on some weird drugs. Yeah, right? he, like, he was already under a whole bunch of medication yeah. for his nervous condition. And yeah. Like, so, anyways, but that lack of expression, like it just took some, took the spark out of him. Yeah. He, I, now, if if that happens to me, I'll still write. You know, it, it, maybe somebody else could could do it. Well, is that who's that? But, Jason Becker, who who yeah, who, who's ALS, yeah. yeah, right. And he and he just continues to write, right. right, right. He can't do nothing except right, just kind of signal, yeah. what he's and, and he's got it's his eyes, yeah, right, right, right. That's right. It's his eyes that he uses, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I guess, I guess there's just there's just people that just literally have to express it through some form of right. art, get it out. And and you're almost cursed by it, right? I mean, it's like this stuff never stops. Oh, no, it's not. Well, you because you've learned how to get it out. Well, but, but otherwise, this stuff is like it's just it's just constant, right? Yeah. It's like you know, I mean, like I'm saying, if you didn't come up with the outlet for it, like you know, like what happens if you never pick up the guitar? What happens if you don't? Well, then it would all have been done in drawing. Yeah, right. 
A lot of drawing, man. Yeah. I, yeah cut that, down a lot of trees. Drawing <laughs> on well, I, I used to draw on the, on the city, too. I in, Back in the like early 70s to mid-70s, I was the mass cartoonist in Euclid, and I drew all over anything that was blank. Oh. So uh, the cops were after me for years, and I found out later, once I got busted, that... Uh, their rallying cry at night, they, you know, they, the head guy, whoever it was, would, would talk to all the patrolmen before they'd go out. And the last thing he would say is go, let's get the mass cartoonist. And everybody go, yeah. So, so you were like, you were like a serial killer. Like you had your own name. You were the mass cartoonist. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You had a name. They were out looking for you. Uh, I mean, in some way you were already that guy. But the cops loved me. When I did get busted, everybody showed up, even the off-duty ones. And they all got in a line and I'd have to draw pictures. They all said it was for their kids, but I, don't, I think it was for them. <laughs> they all had to meet you. Like, yeah. we had to finally meet this yeah, guy. Yeah, so it, it, it was great. Have you guys, have you ever thought about doing animation type work? I have done a little bit of it. What about like doing an animation like f- for a song? I mean, I would think that that would lend it to your music because you guys are do have like a psychedelic kind of thing. So an animation like Floyd did, you yeah, know? And- well, that comes down to like when we were talking before about writing a book. I, I don't, I don't really have time for that. He's too busy I mean, writing music that tortures me. If I if I do get a break, I, maybe I I could do a an animated thing for a song. Yeah, definitely. But it's it's it it takes time. No, oh, that, that that especially first does. first time I have a computer program now. But the first time I did it back in the eighties, hand had a hand writer each one. It, you know, it was the, the handheld camera, and you know, you put it on a tripod and take a picture of one, and I and I didn't know that uh, they cheated and, and used a background and, and put acetates over them for that. I drew the background on every, every picture. Each one. Yeah. Ooh, no kidding. All right, guys, we are out of time, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> I know I could talk to you guys all day, I, 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 100%. Um, but, yeah, uh, the Rick Ray Band, pick up their CD, Under the Sky. It's out there. You can, I'm sure you could. Check it out online. You can get your it'll, music. It'll be online in a couple of days. I don't know what happened. It took them a little while. Okay, and then and then, uh, like I said, uh, you can check them out. There, there's a lot of stuff on on YouTube and stuff, live stuff and stuff. They just put up the Winchester one, the last gig you guys just did. Yeah, the whole thing is up there, and that's I love watching that. That was really good. You really can see what you guys are about. You're all four together. You know, it's not always flapping around. It's just you four. And you guys are a blast to watch. So check these guys out. Um, and that's it for me. Thanks. Thanks, guys, Thanks for coming down. Thanks for having us. Excellent. All right, guys, we're All out. Right.